Days of Thunder Pick Your Poison. Uh, a kind of a weird little side avenue off Thunder Row that we'll be doing once and every now and again. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Ryan, and uh, joined for the first time in the same room by my usual co-host, Lee Malone. Lee, how are you? I'm not too bad. It's kind of strange to be podcasting together. Yeah. Do we look at each other? Do we not look at each other? I don't know. Like, it's been a real long time since I've done a podcast in the same room as somebody. So I don't know. This could be like real awkward. Everybody picking a spot to stare at on the wall <laughs> kind of thing. Um, we're also joined by our first ever guest on Days of Thunder. And that privilege belongs to the one, the only, Bose Johnny. Thanks lads for having me on. Ah, yeah, pleasure's on mine. Love to have love love having you here. We kind of we're trying to figure out an avenue uh, to have guests on the program to get some of our mates on. Nobody to will talk watch about wrestling. Nobody will watch Thunder. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, so. un- understandably. Um, so we've come up with this new format that we were kind of teasing on the last show, and we announced our, our wrestler and everything. But uh, pick your poison is a, a new idea we had where. Our guest, Johnny in this case, comes on and he picks a wrestler. Um, these are our rules, by the way. He picks the wrestler. It's someone that must be on the Active Thunder roster on the episodes we're talking about. So we're recording this after episode 15 of the podcast went up. Um, so they must be on the Active Thunder roster at that point. Um, myself, Lee and Johnny all pick two matches each by that wrestler one which is kind of like an objective one of their best matches they've done mm-hmm. and then another one which is kind of uh, an unheralded or personal favourite uh, of the same wrestler uh, the matches can't be from the period of WCW that we cover 98 2001 because it'll be overlap either we've already covered it we will cover it or you know it'll be some like we'll be spoiling stuff storylines and the like we haven't gotten to yet uh, and once a wrestler gets picked they can never be picked again for another episode of Pick Your Poison um, so those are the rules and without further ado Johnny who did you pick for this episode? I was thinking who I was going to pick for a while but based on the criteria and being the first person I thought we'd start with some quality Yeah, seeing the program you do watch so I picked the one the only Eddie Guerrero yeah and like it's a it's a powerful way to start and I'm sure future guests will not thank you for taking, no, it's taking a, it's a, it's a free, off the table. It's a very uh, tough thing to follow now, yeah. That's for sure. Um, I, I suppose the, the best way to start is maybe like go around the table a little and, and talk about, before we get into specific matches, maybe just Eddie Guerrero in general and kind of like what he means to us here. Because obviously a very influential wrestler, mm-hmm. a career that spanned many years across many countries, many companies. A lot of, a lot of companies, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really look back in there. Um, so like where kind of like where does your history with, with Eddie go Johnny like how kind of how far back or what kind of places have you enjoyed him in that kind of uh, made you want to pick him I think my my first real memories of him because I got into wrestling around the attitude there yeah. but it was only WF so it was probably when the Radicals came into the WF at the time yeah yeah uh, even though I his probably all of the the China stuff then eventually mm. but yeah but then obviously he had his personal problems at that time yeah so of course then on to the Smackdown 6 era but mm-hmm. yeah so yeah no but when I've that was more as me as a kid watching wrestling but like mm-hmm. since I've grown to appreciate wrestling more and more as I've grown older uh, just going back and watching this Mexican stuff this Japanese yeah, stuff yeah. like mm-hmm. even going back and watching like some of the matches we'll talk about later just the little things just like yeah a once in a lifetime performer really he, he's a guy who I think Lee um, the older we've gotten as Johnny hit upon there the more we've gone back and appreciated him because he's that as Johnny said larger than life character a once in a lifetime performer that even as kids during the Attitude Era so I would have first come across him towards the end of his WCW run um, and then the start of his WWF run and at that age like I would have been 8 through 10 in that kind of period there he, obviously his personality jumps off his presence jumps off but as we've gotten older now like just like Johnny said the, some of the little things like just the the, the the simple things that he does so well yeah no I was just like I just I discovered him like probably around 98 in WCW and where I wasn't watching a big amount but I remember him from then and then when he jumped over to the WWF and saw a lot more um, but yeah like it's the little things like I feel like I didn't appreciate him when he was alive yeah because like I remember I can still remember where I was when I found out he died I was actually at a wrestling show Jesus 
and um, it was actually it was an IWW show in the SFX arena yeah. and they actually had a 10 bell salute fuck and it was just one of the most surreal things like Eddie Guerrero yeah. while he was there but it's like at that time the guy had kind of gotten into trying to become a wrestler and it was like then I was starting to realise like little things watching him watching mm. the things he was doing yeah. and yeah I just get that impression like now we go back and watch it go god he was good like the, like Johnny said the matches we talk about and it's just amazing to see how great he was yeah and, and we will touch upon this as we get into the matches Johnny but like it, it's safe to say that like for the level of performer he was it wasn't until near, near the very end of his life where he got to the level he probably deserved yeah well it's probably that part of his life where he put everything together it's just yeah Sally and for obviously for his, himself and his family but also selfishly as for us as fans that we didn't get to see him fully realise his full potential really. that, he, that he's not still there as the grizzled vet yeah. with some of these new young lads like. still like guiding green young lads through yeah. matches yeah. Like, yeah just cutting promos on people yeah. Like, yeah. Like, we like obviously we're all together in Germany at the moment and we were on yeah, the same last We should say that as well. <laughs> if you notice that there's a more husky tone Rasp. to our voices than general, like very tired tone. Yeah, we're at the end of uh, this is the, our the night of our fourth day in in Oberhausen at the end of our, the WXW World Tag Team Festival. So we've we've experienced a lot of wrestling this weekend, and we are this may be like it might sound we're like we're on fucking Nyquil. Uh, doing this podcast Monday we'll, Michael we'll do it yeah, yeah Monday Michael god damn kid uh, we'll, we'll try our best to muddle through it anyway um, um, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the point I was making um, like we were talking last night about Owen Hart yeah and how he died what six months before Kurt Angle Edge mm-hmm. Christian uh, the Hardys Benoit Benoit yeah. all came into the Federation and, Jericho and Jericho Jesus yeah, Jericho yeah, of yeah, course yeah, yeah. And then Eddie died. Like, died like a, a year or two before all the like the the names from the independents started yeah, coming started through, like Punk, in. and yeah. then a couple of years later Danielson, and mm-hmm. like then the fucking floodgates opened. Yeah, then with like, everybody the, coming through, there's so many matches. Like we never got a Shawn Michaels field. Ah, oh, stop! Like, I know. And there was that period where like they were both on the active run, yeah. like it could, you know. So it's just just one of those things, like like Johnny said. It's awful for his family, but as for fans, like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel like you missed out just a little bit. Mm. Uh, well, look, let's kind of not stand on ceremony and let's just get into it, then, shall we? Uh, mm. I think the best way to do this is go in chronological order. Um, I think and, that makes sense. Yeah, and work through it, and we'll kind of with each one, we'll kind of whoever picked it, we'll kind of we'll we'll talk a bit, and then we'll we'll get into it. Uh, but our first match here, uh, Black Tiger 2 versus Wild Pegasus, New Japan Super J Cup, 16th of April 1994. This was you, Lee, was it? It was me. Uh, the Super J Cup from 94 is a very famous tournament. Um, mm. It was a big tape trading thing back in the day. It's kind of legendary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty much nearly the first Japanese wrestling a lot of people yeah. will have watched. Mm-hmm. And Eddie at the time, obviously Black Tiger and Benoit, I think it only just kind of he'd wrestled under a mask hasn't he was, uh, he had us to about a year two before that um, yeah. and noted for not enjoying the idea of wrestling under a mask mm-hmm. um, but yeah no Eddie as Black Tiger was just like he wasn't quite all the way there but he had like yeah. you can see the beginnings of the heel stuff that he would yeah. carry over into yeah. the next phase of his career mm. and I just thought this was a great match to start us off like yeah, well, it's it's two guys who whose paths were so intertwined in various guises over the years, um, just fucking like going hell for leather yeah. in this like again a very influential and famous tournament. They just beat the shit out of each other. Like, they really did. Minutes. Like it's what it's only eleven minutes long. Yeah, it's, like it's, not, it's not that much at all. Yeah. I I thought um I don't know I should maybe should have checked this before but I I I imagine they wouldn't have had that many interactions before this match. Yeah, especially in singles encounters anyway. And I just thought, like, the chemistry and how smooth they were in the first few minutes, especially, like, really blew me away. Because, like, some of the sequences and the reversals and the transitions they were doing, it was like, so smooth and And you can solid. consider this is 1994. Yeah. When this stuff wasn't, like, it was... It's not taken for granted the way it is now, like... No. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, and this, and this is something that I think, like, you've got to... Um, 
keep in mind when you look back on this stuff like nothing I think mechanically mind blowing in it by today's standards but at the time like this kind of stuff yeah. is revolutionary no, but like, like, everything's solid and on point yeah. like there's yeah. like no no waste of movement in anything that anybody does like, yeah just great stuff and even stuff like um, you're seeing even years before you get the prominence you did in WWF like it wouldn't take you very long in that match if you didn't know it was Eddie under the mask to figure it yeah, out. Oh, it's Eddie. He, like, he doesn't yeah. lie. It's, no. The spots, no. the way he carries himself, like is, is, is Eddie true and true. Yeah, and there's one spot in particular, the uh, the senton over the ropes. The slingshot yeah. senton, yeah. yeah. That we might talk about a few more times during yeah. this. Yeah. The, we, I think the first time he did it on one of the matches, I can't remember which, which match it was we watched first now because mm. this weekend has been such a blur. Yeah, and we've kind but, of watched these matches. Ella sequence. Yeah, yeah. sequence. But the, the first match that we watched the first time he hit it I think Lee goes that's the, the best thing oh, that anyone yeah, well, in the yeah. business has ever done um, yeah that I think that that's the one move that carries over into every match yeah yeah um, yeah no I, I thought this was just a really enjoyable match it's a match that maybe some people haven't seen so that that was the reason I yeah, selected yeah. there's a lot and, more famous matches on yeah. the show and not yeah. one of those I think people who might listen to this who would be more kind of uh, into the American wrestling and uh, his WCW and WWF mightn't mm-hmm. be as tempted because they think Japanese like these big great long epic mm-hmm. matches like and it's not really no. like it's a no. especially in 1994 in Japan yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10 and a half minutes yeah. long yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it, that's exactly how long it needed to be do you know what I mean like oh no yeah because yeah, this was a one night tournament with like very long matches yeah. at the end of the, the, yeah. the night so and it'd be two people that uh, anyone that listens to our show will be intimately familiar with so it'd be mm. a great jumping in point yeah I am absolutely. I have Nels add on that one now before we. No, I don't think go it's, on, like, it's easily available I, on. Yeah, so, so you should go out and watch it. Like. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm conscious, especially with some of the more historically significant matches that we do here. Like these matches have been talked about again and again. Yeah, like, what so. can we possibly add yeah. to them? And like we've said, there's there's a lot more famous matches on the show. Mm, for exactly, example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the uh, Sasuke and Liger and Sasuke and what Pegasus matches. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. big matches on that on that card. But this was great too. If you haven't seen yeah. this, if you've only watched. The more high-profile matches, give this a watch, definitely. Um, our, our next one, we move uh, very far away geographically, and we're talking AAA when worlds collide, uh, also 1994, uh, November 6th, and it was uh, Octagon and El Hijo del Santo versus La Pareja del Terror, which was Eddie Guerrero and Art Barr. Um, Better known as Los Gringos Locos. Yes. Um this was you again, Lee, was it? No, it was no this was Johnny. Was sorry, yeah, yeah, no, sorry. I should have guessed AAA. Of course it was Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, the resident Lucha expert. He's going to be our mic tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to take that comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was this was a hoot. Like, I it really, was. I don't think I'd ever seen this in its entire This match show. has legendary status, and the whole show has legendary yeah. status, yes, really, yes. for how unique uh, uh, at the time it was, because uh, this yeah. was broadcast on national pay-per-view in the United States of America sold out arena the first yeah, Libre, yeah, yeah, yeah. first yeah. Libre pay-per-view wasn't it yeah, yeah. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure yeah fully authentic one at yeah. least yeah. and this has been like they just had a couple of shows in and around the area done huge walk-up numbers like mm. so only sold three or four thousand tickets and then like seven eight thousand people walked and bought tickets on the night yeah which is a big thing in Lucha yeah, yeah. but then they didn't they thought oh we've only sold two or three thousand tickets this is a disaster but like this match, like it's great, like and it has the it did like the kind of the great historical significance of that pay per view, but also kind of the grim historical significance that it's something like two weeks before our first death. Well. I'm not sure the exact timeline, but it's very soon. It, it's yeah. the same. Month, it's his last way. match, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's the um, mask versus hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a uh, heel de Santo and Octagon's mask against uh, Gringo Loco's hair. And they're uh, they're seconded to the ring by uh, Blue Panther. Yes, and um, uh, Madonna's boyfriend, yeah, uh, also as Louis Piccoli, and we were kind of like humming and hawing for a second about why, like, why was he called Madonna's boyfriend? And then like the penny dropped with me that Spicoli was Sean Penn in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, who was married at the time to Madonna, or in or around that period. Of that time. was some reach from you. That I, I tell you what, like, <laughs> yeah. this is why I'm good in a pub quiz, lads. Not yeah. not much else in this life am I good at, but a pub quiz, I'm good for a few points. Um, but yeah, this 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 was like wild. Yeah, there's the sandwich going on during the match. Yeah, because yeah. obviously with this it was elimination, so you had to eliminate both partners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Each, so, on each fall, we should yeah, say. on each yeah. fall. Yeah, this is a two or three falls yeah. match. Yeah, so yeah, they they played a lot with that. Like one member would get eliminated, and then the other member would have to fight back and eliminate two. Mm. So they did that for the 
uh, Art Bar and Guerrero won the first fall. Yeah. And then Octagon, uh, Santo got eliminated in the second fall, and Octagon had to fight, fight back, back and yeah, win yeah. the fall nearly straight away. Yeah. It, was like, it was the same on the tour fall. Then and it was the same was Wasn't it? Was the man remaining? Yeah, uh, Panther gave Art Bar a pile driver that yeah. put him out with the match. Yeah. yeah. Um, wasn't it the first fall that uh, Eddie and Art went for the. Yes, they nearly the, killed. The Doomsday uh, Hurricane Rana. Yes, Doomsday Hurricane Rana and spiked Hio de Santo on his head. Killed him. And Eddie, I think, almost landed on him as well. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was horrifying. And, <laughs> one, one thing I love um, whenever I dip into Lucha, and it's not very often, not as often as I would like, but there's only so many hours in the day, you know, like, um, is like the crowds live and die with everything these guys do. In a good match, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this was no exception fucking Guerrero and particularly Art Bar just winding the crowd yeah. coming out we should say wearing the red white and blue wearing the red blue. white and blue yeah. Art Bar singling out uh, people who looked vaguely Latino in the crowd and doing swimming motions at them there was one moment in the match where uh, after they won the first fall where he's actually doing the swim motion in the ring in the ring itself um, also screaming out this is made in America every yeah. time he goes for a big yeah, move yeah. and there were some uh, fabulous mullets on display in oh, this like uh, Eddie Guerrero obviously a famous mulleted man yeah. but Art Bar Art Bar was another level he looked ridiculous this, this, this <laughs> was a classic like business up front oh, yeah. party at the back mullet yeah. and like you said it looked ridiculous even by wrestling standards yeah. even by mullet standards it was fucking preposterous he very much looked like a man who had never grown his hair out before. Yeah. And he'd been told a few months prior, grow your hair out. Just look at heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I when the, when Octagon and uh, Hio Del Santo start mounting their comeback against the lads yeah. towards oh, the end of this match, the, the crowd, like, you know, the, the phrase come unglued, we use a lot, like, but this is yeah. proper, like, and people throwing shit in the air, they were so happy. And Panther is their hype man. Oh, he's, oh, he's kind of, and fucking yeah. oh, Madonna's Pat, boyfriend yeah. pacing, and he's there with the towel, and he's livid, like, the when the, back. Yeah, when they win their second fall, uh, Panther celebrates he's like he's on the, the World t- Cup, like, yeah, yeah, he's on the term book. And he's, he has a, a towel and he's waiting. It's like celebrating like he got the fall himself. Yeah, like. that's great. But uh, yeah, even with Guerrero, like obviously we're talking about him more. Like, yeah. you can see a lot of the what well, eventually would become the heel character in WCW, and yeah. then the lie, cheat, and steal character. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the there, there's definitely like a common thread. Yeah, like yeah. do you know what I mean? He was a guy who like he evolved throughout his career, mm. but you could you could trace back where everything kind of got you know, added to it. I think this podcast would be like, it'd be like if this was, you know, like a progress bar on yeah, something loaded. Yeah. This and is you can see, like, Eddie's at 10%. Yeah. 20%. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 70%, you know, like, as we're going through the matches, you can see he's just putting more and more together. Yeah. Until yeah. When we really and again, it's match. something that, like, the likes of, a lot of people in that generation talk about that's kind of lost now, that, that idea of, like, you do your tours mm-hmm. across all sorts of different places around the world, and that's what helps you tack things on. Like, I know Jericho is a big proponent of this idea. Mm-hmm. In, his, in his first book, in particular, he talked about, like, he would never be the performer he was if he hadn't tried to get over in Japan, tried to get over in Mexico, then tried to get over, yeah. tried to get over in ECW, tried Smoky to get Man. over in Smoky. Like, yeah. all this sort of stuff like and it was that that like these were such by the time they would then get to national TV in the United States they were seasoned they had like lockers full of stuff they could do they'd wrestle any kind of match you could think of they could improv in any situation because they'd been in every situation like yeah that's why even I'm not going on the modern wrestling rants but that's why it's frustrating when you see people these days just like getting signed at night yeah getting signed when they've done nothing yeah Yeah, and you you can like obviously as we say when we talk about this off the air like you can't begrudge them for taking the the money money. yeah Yeah, absolutely like because it's hard enough to make a living uh, in general but doing like you, h- how can you say no to making a living doing professional wrestling no, you that's all you want yeah. if you're a wrestler yeah. like. but trying the way you're like, prime development it, years it is that yeah. shit like you know I think anybody listening to this who follows the independent scene can probably rattle off a list in their head of guys they wish that had stayed around for even a year or two yeah. longer before they got signed so that tour Japan yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but and I'm not sad on that anyway before we, we move no, on. No, I think, I think it's That's just, another match that's kind of been... A lot of people have talked about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It yeah. just so hits, 
historically significant that I'm sure most people listen have seen it. Yeah. Mm. And obviously, if you have, and if not, here's the fucking excuse. Yeah. Like it's yeah, easy yeah. enough found online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, we we found it easy because yeah. yeah. So. Uh, moving, so we've done Japan, we've done Mexico, yeah. and now we're heading stateside to Hostile City Showdown ECW, April fifteenth, nineteen ninety five. It's Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko, another man whose career kind of like they they. Uh, they ran into each other quite often mm-hmm, mm-hmm. throughout the 90s and 2000s here another member of the Radicals yeah. uh, Dean Malenko a man who again we're also quite fond of when he popped up mm-hmm. uh, he's he's away now on Thunder but when, when he was there at the he's start, he, yeah, he, Howard, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's gone running from Jericho uh, in our current Thunder timeline um, but this is this is one that's well, you selected it's, this one. Yeah, first. I selected this one because this is another one that, like, when you are in conversations as you are wanted, when you're hanging out with people at shows or you're hanging out on message boards as a teenager trying to kind of, like, uh, widen your, your tastes and expand your palate and things like that. When you're talking Eddie Guerrero matches, the Hostile City Showdown match and the, the two out of three falls match the lads have then uh, a few months after yeah, this, isn't yeah. it? Um, those are two that get mentioned quite frequently. Yeah. And this is another one that I think I'd watched in parts before, but maybe not sat down and watched. And it's funny because, like, we we, we were talking about this as we watched it, that, like, it's quite a long match. Mm -hmm. It's about a half an hour. Well. Well. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, they say 30 minutes time limit draw. Yeah. On cage match, it says 25. Yeah, 25 online or something like that. Yeah, and it also says it's a draw. So, yeah, it's not a shoot. Uh, half hour but it is it is long and it's funny because um, you know there's a couple of influential things in this match Mm -hmm. and I think the uh, the most obviously if you've ever been to an independent wrestling show is the old indie standoff well it happened on every promotion we're going to do flips and holes and exchange and then like kind of check uh, yeah. stalemate yeah. and double drop, 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 drop kick, kick, kick and, and the crowd stand stands up and applauds yeah. and this is the genesis yeah. of that that's this where it comes from one, yeah. and now fucking like uh, how many of them have, did we have this weekend in WXW not as many as like well I think we when we watched it on Friday we said well uh, how many of them will we get and how many of them will be earned and we said yeah. none of them will be earned and the one we did definitely get that I, I remember, remember wasn't one, really yeah. that earned no, it wasn't. but like again that's no like that's just a thing people do now we're not kind of slating anybody yeah. for doing it it's just a done thing it's part of a match but the other thing that's kind of like left over from the indies uh, that I can see like I can see the DNA of this match in is the the structure of the match being a really hot start Really hot start. Really really hot start. Yeah. And then like a big lull in the middle. To a halt in the middle, yeah. And then we go to the finish. Yeah. You know? Mm. Um there's the kind of two style of indie match and there's that style and then there's um the old Ring of Honor style that people used to berate sometimes where it goes on for ages, it's really good, it's really, really good, it's really, really good, really, really good, it's excellent, it's brilliant. And And then it probably should end and then it goes on another five minutes. (laughs) You know? But um yeah, I I was kind of I don't know if I'm being overly harsh or looking back on 2019 eyes but with how hyped up this match is mm-hmm. and having never watched it in one sitting the whole thing I don't know I was a little less impressed with it than the other two we've talked about yeah I I think of all of the six matches this was my least favourite yeah there was nothing wrong with it no do you know what I mean it just it slowed to a glacial oh, pace do you know what just because if it's just a solid match it shouldn't go 25 minutes yeah, yeah. I think if this had been like a top 15 mm. do you know this would yeah. have been legendary I and mean, it still is le- like like you will hear of it in the first 10 matches people mention of his not the, I'm not like a big uh, to reference and Meltzer gave it 4.5 stars for example so it yeah. was obviously a very hot, well thought out match at the time yeah, I think it's a very of its time match, and it's yeah, well, the one that has least uh, aged the worst. Yeah, is that our t- our tastes and the, the kind of wrestling we consume now has moved on so much, um, and it, like you say, it doesn't hold up like the other two, where yeah. we see a lot of kind of threads of things. Um, to be the, fair, now the first five six minutes oh, of this match are like un- ungodly. If it had kept yeah. up that pace, we'd be fucking raving. I, I, I honestly thought it was going to be a ten minute match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They the, way, the way they were going yeah, like, they it was you know, flying around the classic commentary show well they're not here getting paid by the hour yeah. you know like that's that's how it was they were but, absolutely flying but out. I'd say after what 
seven eight minutes it just i think they go out they go out the ring they do a barricade spot and then it just grinds to a yeah. halt for the next like 10 15 minutes and it's the closing about four minutes yeah they yeah. do nothing really interesting at all like there's no really interesting there's, there's, mat work no, yeah there's no leg work i, no, I suppose nothing. the only thing that's really like interesting is just the kind of historical context of like getting oh, yeah. a look to see what these two guys were like back then and getting to see the things that have been taken from this match and replicated over and over again. I think the other interesting thing, and it's not the wrestlers, it's the crowd. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. people will have you believe that the ECW fans were hot for all this technical yeah. wrestling. They weren't. No. They definitely, as time would go on in that company, they would be hotter. I think this is still very much during the embryonic, we're educating you that you're supposed to like this yeah. period. And they weren't quite sure, like, because a lot of them definitely, they were there for people just ha- like hammering mm. other, like they were just there for wild brawls. Like a lot of them looked bored. Garbage yeah. wrestling. If I remember correctly, there was a, uh, the crowd got very distracted at one point as well. Yeah, yeah, like there, they was, were yeah there was a chance of throwing out. Or yeah, 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 yeah. They were very. But distracted. like, I, I will say too, I, I, I like, it feels like a weird thing to say to the credit of the ECW fans, but like, that community eventually would like even if it was a hollow thing where they just knew they were supposed to cheer and cheer those crowds would eventually be hotter for that kind of wrestling mm. um, in 1995 maybe they weren't quite so ready for it yeah but well, I mean when it, you look at revisionism though that you yeah, know, yeah. oh ECW wasn't just hardcore wrestling it was great yeah, technical yeah. wrestling certainly at that stage that wasn't the, yeah yeah and the whole thing of like it was only I think it was was it the two or three falls match to chant the juice all day yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because they were on the way to WCW. They were, yeah. That's the other thing about, like, that kind of, like, people overhype the the educatedness of mm-hmm. the, the ECW fans. And they undersell how fickle they were. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, like, I don't envy Paul Heyman having to spend so many years trying to keep those people happy. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised they didn't put him into an he, early he, grave. He spent 20 years trying to keep the McMahons happy now. Do you know, so. that's it, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, out of the fire and pranned into the fire, like. To the great, they were very, they were very, very protocol type of the modern day indie crowds. Yeah. Like, yeah. the way they went on. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, and I, and I think, like, the more time goes on, the more we realise, like, that the ECW fan base, which was very much the minority kind of fan base, they didn't treat wrestling the way any of the other major yeah. companies in the world did, yeah. has somehow become the blueprint for how it, independent for some reason go. people want and, to recapture this yeah well part of that was like because you know Ring of Honor being a spiritual successor in some ways to the cultural elements of ECW and then kind of like so th- that thread goes off and then you also have the ECW revival of the mid 2000s in terms of coolness with the Rise and yeah, Fall yeah. DVD and the One Night Stands um, I think those two kind of like things in tandem you know um, we move on uh, from there uh, to his WWE run uh, and we're going to 2002 this one we won't have a whole of a lot, hell of a lot to say this this, this, yeah, this is the Dave portion of the show yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright alright uh, this was one where like I remember this match being really good but I had forgotten um, that Eddie has limited involvement in it which is why we've tagged it's a really good court angle match it's a, it's, like, it's a really good match and I think Dave gave it was a four and a quarter yeah, yeah. Four and a quarter. It's, it's from SmackDown, December 5, 2002, right after that excellent tag team tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the, Sm- the start, the very kickoff of the SmackDown 6 era. And it's uh, Eddie Edge, Kurt Angle, and Chris Benoit. Like we said, Eddie's eliminated first in this match, about six minutes, seven minutes yeah, maybe. Yeah, in. about that long. Um, it's a banger of a match, and it was great while all four of them were in it. But like, I don't think there's any point in dwelling on it no. too long it, it, because Eddie's out first. Yeah, no, it's just it's Edge being a valiant babyface, and yeah. the story it's all about him. Really. Yeah, it's the, the the match is very actively trying to make Edge happen as a thing to mm. uh, to give Edge the chance to prove he belonged with these three absolute like. Icons of this era on SmackDown. It's funny we're going to be seeing, saying the same thing in 2019. So the Edge, Edge is going to hang. Yeah, like, well, yeah. maybe, maybe <laughs> he's denying it. Yeah, but the, maybe the only thing to mention in the match is there's one point where uh, oh, Ben Watts just Jesus, yeah, yeah, there's the, yeah, there's the, he just welly skirts. <laughs> there's yeah, there's just a bit where the, the, they just like he fucking clatters them is the best way to put it and oh, John, Johnny 
<laughs> Johnny like shrieking on the couch beside me like Jesus Christ like these two are best friends you, you should say uh, Eddie comes into the ring clears out Kurt Angle mm. and is facing like the Titan Tron kind of direction yeah, yeah, yeah. and Benoit slides into the ring and he doesn't forearm he basically he puts, puts his forearm, his, forearm, forearm through him, him on his yeah. forearm yeah, and yeah. The fucking the and sound the slap off it was like somebody snapping a bunch of twigs over their knee. Yeah, like. and we all just like shrieked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a running team on this show of like Eddie being brutalized by men he was quite friendly with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I suppose that's the thing about wrestling, isn't it? Like you let the people you trust the most like, do the most harm to you. It's today, a fucking <laughs> fucked up business altogether. Today right? we watched Tim Thatcher and Only Lorcan beat the absolute piss oh, out of each other with it. smiles on their faces. Oh yeah, they cut videos <laughs> on. The, they got promos and videos beforehand saying yeah. how much they respected each you'll, other. You'll hear yeah. us cackle and enjoy the idea of these men maiming each other a lot, so it's no surprise to y'all that we're Tim Thatcher fans <laughs> here on the podcast. Um, but yeah, we won't dwell on that. We'll go on to the match that we, we, the ringer match that we brought in. And that is, and I'm so glad we put this in. I, and yeah, I, I am too. so glad we watched yeah. this match. And it's Eddie and Rob Van Dam uh, from Raw their ladder match on the 27th of May 2002 um, Jesus Christ what a match <laughs> this was incredible now just a brief word on Rob Van Dam at this time in particular how were you with Rob Van Dam were I love crazy I, love, yeah, I, I yeah. was so in love with yeah. Rob Van Dam when he like I had seen tiny bits of him I think yeah. I've said before on a program that like my cousin used to get the odd ECW tape mm-hmm. so I'd seen little bits of him here I wasn't supposed to be allowed to watch ECW but I, I, I know I saw the odd match um, so I knew of him and I would read whichever World of Wrestling yes, magazine yes yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so I knew who Rob Van Dam was but I thought he was the coolest fucker on the planet in like yeah, 2001 that, just on, on Van Dam like I, I'd been buying Power Slam sporadically in around 98-ish yeah yeah and um, like remember in 99 I got a ECW VHS Ooh. randomly in HMV like I don't know how it was about boy it was 13 and it was making yeah, yeah. video they really, they really didn't like uh, those kind of shops didn't give a shite about that like, I, bought, I bought King of the Ring 98 which I think was a fucking 18s over in Ireland yeah. like um, but I remember watching Van Damme and Lance Storm was on that show it was guilty as charged 99 yeah, yeah. And um, that was the first time I remember seeing him. Like, I'd, I think I've kind of seen little bits of ECW here and there because he used to be mm. shown on, uh, I think it was Bravo on Sky Saturday. Yes, yes. And it was very sporadic. Like, you, you might get, get a show one week, but you might not get a show for three weeks then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember just seeing random little bits of Rob and I'm going, Jesus Christ, this guy. Yeah. And then when he showed up for the invasion, to start the kickstart of the invasion, I was like, it was in my mind. And just yeah. from... From like the tells them more. Showed up for the invasion, had that fucking crazy chemistry with Jeff Hardy. Oh, yeah, in the invasion pay per view, the invasion pay per view, and then the the ladder match on the SummerSlam mm-hmm. card as well. Which like that SummerSlam two thousand one card is like one of my favorite oh, yeah, pay per views of that era. Like when fucking the main. Uh, Kurt Angle and Steve Austin beating the dog fuck out of each other yeah. in the minute they just fucking another, battered another each other. case of two friends that just yeah, beat yeah. the piss out of but each anyway other. we'll talk about this ladder match speaking of beating the fuck out of oh, each Jesus other like Christ. Jesus Christ <laughs> like Rob Van, Rob Van Damme one of the things he's also known for is having very little regard for his own body yeah. and somehow managing to with one notable exception stay relatively injury free for like most of his career yeah. now I know he says now that he has a lot of kind of persistent pain issues, which is oh, not, not a fucking surprise to me. Yeah. Mm. But like the fact that he made it so long doing that style is amazing. I think it was four times in this match we noticed that Van Damme did a flip or a moonsault or onto nothing on, but ladder. Onto the ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eddie is just lying on the ladder like, and it's yeah. it's a, a case of like it's a kayfabe thing where you're going, oh, you know, that's gonna hurt the guy underneath. Fuck me, does it hurt the guy that's down the mouth? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now this, I, I think, unfortunately, like has a, a level of kind of infamy because this is the match where the fan rushes the ring. Yes. Um, Which is the reason a lot of people remember it. And um, how low-key excited was Eddie 
to beat the shit out of this guy yes. when he got in the ring. He like, was fucking teeing up his punch. <laughs> <laughs> your, your man, he could, he obviously saw it with a car. Yeah, but he's spotted spot the fan. In. Yeah, and like as the fan is kind of halfway into the ring, Eddie is turning to face him and has the fist oh, cocked. You can see there's a moment where Eddie is kind of he moves to hit him and then yeah, he goes yeah. now now and he picks the spot and while well, the, the police yeah. obviously have your oh, man, he gets a good couple of swings. Good, he gets a good shot in. Yeah. Very very old school man with Eddie Guerrero, but like this was a really good ladder match like I and I think like we don't get especially in modern WWE we don't often get a really good singles ladder mm. match anymore this was kind of the last few of them were during this period of time like I think of the Undertaker Jeff Hardy one yeah. where like he made Jeff Hardy in one night mm-hmm. do you know um, but this is a, a kind of like I remember this match, but I don't remember it being talked about as no. much as kind of like um, up with the great ladder match. You kind of have the Hardy and Undertaker match. Yes, yeah, kind of. Yes, uh, yes. One of people. But this is brilliant. Yeah. Like there's there's some things like he does his um, one that made us nearly jump off the couch was um, he did his slingshot sent on off the ladder over yes. the ladder. He does, it, <laughs> yes. he does it. He does it over the ladder onto RVD, and he he must have been two maybe three feet from the ground before he tucked. Yeah. Like, it looked like a vertical drop onto the top of his head. And, like, there was no panic. No. He knew he was going he to tuck. He knew he was going to land it. Like, unbelievable um, athlete. We should say, like, up until the fan cunt runs in, Yeah, this was a good match. This is a good match. They had already destroyed the two ladders that they had. Yeah. Uh, Van Damme's best two. Yeah. One ladder. Yeah. Was, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Van Damme eats a ladder. Yeah. Yes. And the ladder is just no good. This was, like, the opening minute of the match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it had been a good match up until then. After yeah. the fan runs in, these two are pissed. Yeah. And Especially they... one Latino Heat, which, uh, you know... I, <laughs> my, my, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, speaking about Latino Heat as well, turn the commentary. Yeah. My, yes. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we were saying that like we should have had a drinking game for every time Jerry Lawler did his Latino Heat. Well, we would not be doing the podcast. We weeks. would be <laughs> in hospital, my friend. Um, yes, he, he said it quite a lot. But, yeah, the... Um, as the story goes, the Latino Heat moniker was a little bit more of a legit thing yes. than, than you would think. He like, beat the shit out of Van Damme one spot. He just, just fucking... He was kicking him in the corner. Like, like, he proper... Jesus, like Steve Austin wish he could lay someone yeah. out in a corner like this, but he's fucking... Ah, uh, it was... It's a really good but, match, and even like afterwards, like it has that little. It's like the two have the bit between their teeth. Like we're not gonna let this fucker ruin the match. Like we'd fucking just start stiffing each other like, and get the ball back say, on. Yeah, I should say, did you ever hear the story about uh, some young guy starts on TV and Mark Henry says to him backstage, like, "I hear you facing tonight," and the kid goes, "RVD." He goes, "Get your goddamn hands up, kid." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a thing RVD known for uh, like throwing the odd errand kick into somebody's <laughs> yeah. face. Do you know what I mean? The, the, those educated feet. I can't yeah. believe. I don't. I didn't notice Jr. saying that. Oh no, he, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that was his favorite thing to say. Like him and Xbox. Um, but yeah, this is a really good match. Like you said, fucking RVD like fucked himself up Riley in this oh, match a bunch of times. Over like just a fucking rolling thunder onto the ladder, which like wrestling logic makes absolutely no sense at all why he would do that. And I think we all pop for the after the match shenanigans as well. Oh yes, yes. T- tell us what happened after the match. So after the match, um, RVD wins the title yeah. from Eddie. Eddie had been coming come in as champ. Um, this is, by the way, for the, the Intercontinental title, which, uh, God, I missed that belt. Yeah, it was a lovely the, belt. The oval belt. Um, so RVD wins. He kind of stumbles out of the ring. And with that, Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hits. And Eddie, who had been an absolute monster, beating the piss out of R- RVD... All of a sudden, becomes a coward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, and does this attempt to run away? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> which favorite, is more Mister Bean. <laughs> my favorite tropes in wrestling is wrestlers being stuck inside a ring and being able to escape. It's that moment of terror, and then he realizes, "Oh, I can run!" <laughs> Blind panic. <laughs> and as he's attempting to go to the ring, Austin obviously pulls him in and proceeds to stamp a mud hole in him show you and walk it dry yeah and uh, yeah there's a bit more after that but it's just the moment of Eddie attempting to get away yeah that just popped us all it's really really good god like because that's the thing like the little character things he was always so great at and it's something we'll talk about particularly in our last two matches yeah um, his facial expressions like another level Mm -hmm. you know we were actually talking uh, I can't remember who it was said to us tonight 
uh, was it Alan Alan Cheapshot from Twitter or somebody had said like Jesus you should get Tim Patrick touring the world and doing facial expression seminars yeah Eddie Rero yeah like there was a man who like for his time there was no one like the people in the cheap seats could see exactly. his facial expressions story like, you know? facial suit, yeah. absolutely um, we had listed when we tweeted this out that we were going to do um, our next match was going to be one of the Eddie Guerrero JBL matches and we were going to do we thought we were going to do the Texas Bull Rope match because mm. um, we were looking for what one's the bloodbath um, and they're both bloodbaths yes they are but we decided to call an audible and switch to the Judgment Day match I think the the Texas Bull Rope match is more of a kind of dramatic because it has that kind of last minute because JBL because uh, I, I, I think touch, I, touch every corner wasn't it yeah, yeah touch every corner like because I I think we we discovered this about ourselves we all have this in common that we all kind of low key appreciated the JBL oh, yeah, run at yeah. this time like just a dastardly bastard well, like he's yeah. just a fucking George Bush the wrestler like yeah. what a fucking bollocks of a man he was the perfect man to get from Eddie to Zena like. he was yeah, but yeah. like the the dramatic end where like Eddie doesn't realise he's touching the corners yeah. as he's going along behind him and then he fucking gets slapped you know down. like oh, it's good. like it's great stuff but uh, we went for the Judgment Day 2004. Which is the match a month before it. Which is the match a month before it. Uh, had been set up by a fake heart attack angle. It's involving Eddie's mom. Eddie's yeah. mom. Um, and an early shot of uh, future Smackdown GM Vicky Guerrero as well in that. This wasn't scene. long before or long after JBL had become a thing. Yeah. It was what? Only a month or two? Yeah, it was three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Post the I, accolades. Like, the- I... I haven't watched that period of SmackDown in a long time, but like it feels like it was a really fucking sudden shift. Like it, it was, was obviously yeah, like yeah. Ron Simmons retired, and like obviously JBL still wanted to go, and like he had already cut the hair off and turned mm-hmm. blonde by the end of the Acolytes run. Um, and yeah, a very quick pivot into this character that was just like it felt like it arrived out of the box, fully mm-hmm. formed. Because I know in the video package, uh, you actually see a clip of JBL in the Acolyte long pants. With the JBL, you know, trunks, yeah, yeah. which was not a look he had for very long. Right? Yeah. And something that um, we we don't see in, in some of these other matches, apart from when he gets, like, for real annoyed at a fan rush in the ring, mm. Johnny is like, this is, like, a vengeful Eddie Guerrero. Yes. This is an angry, out to beat the shit yes. out of his opponent, Eddie Guerrero. Yes. And it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, well... For first, probably half this match, it's kind of your, your normal, like, the baby face wanting to get get out the heel, mm-hmm. hurt the heel. Yeah. But, like, things change on the the most famous spot from this match is the chair shot. Yeah. And once that happens, and everybody knows, the blood loss that Eddie uh, happened to. Like, uh, uh, like a genuinely frightening amount of yeah, blood yeah. straight away I would have been deeply uncomfortable in this crowd if I had seen like this I, much I, blood I think we talked about like injuries that we've seen at wrestling show like yeah um, we've seen a few unfortunately yeah we uh, have yeah but, and we've like we've seen a couple with a fair bit of blood like the one mm-hmm. I think of is Curtis Murray but like yeah. did, if we were if I were to be there for this I would have been genuinely scared for the man like oh yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd feel sick yeah like yeah. this amount of blood but yeah, as Johnny said, the famous spot, JBL swings a chair swings like he's chair. fucking swinging for a home run and like again, unprotected chair shots. Yeah. Like we're not going to do the unprotected chair shot lecture. Every fucking wrestling podcast has done that. Don't do them. Yeah. It's basically the, the cliff notes there. But uh, yeah, I, he fucking not even an attempt to get the hands no. up and he fucking the, immediately the, the blood is everywhere yeah. like he destroys JBL's hat yeah. the announce table the they're kind of brawling they're doing a bit of a walk and brawl around the ring and there's one point where Eddie kind of like leans into the apron on the the opposite side to the hard cam and he's there for all of one or two seconds and the apron is covered like there's a yeah. puddle of blood on it yeah. like it's he proper like gouged his yeah. own face open I don't know how deep he went it was very deep though very very deep and it doesn't stop like no, no. do you know what I mean like, yeah because this match goes on a while longer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's not like so if you've never seen this match yeah. it's not like he hits the blood and then they go like straight to the finish mm. or even like five this is like like you said halfway through the match yeah it is, and it's a long match it's, it's like least, a 25 minute match is it yeah after the after the, the chair shot and the blade job it has to go at least another 15 minutes 
Yeah. Maybe even longer with all the aftermatch stuff as well. And he's still like doing, like it's not like he's just lying there and taking a beating. Like he's doing spots. Eddie stuff like. Yeah, 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 he's doing Eddie stuff. He's going like, he's going 90. um, And like JBL is just this magnificent, like just, like he's just like, I can't even describe it. Like he's just loving, putting a heart on Eddie. Like he's, just relishing every second of just, it. He just loves inflicting pain. And this crowd, like, yeah. I'd say... They were living and dying. I would say, say there was any number of them that would have hit the ring. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he... It, like I said, this match goes on and he bleeds and he bleeds and he bleeds. Yes. And, and then eventually... He makes his comeback. When he <laughs> makes the comeback. Yes. Like, these people... We talked about how, like, in the... Uh, the, the Coliseum for the triple A match like people are living and dying and when the the baby faces made their comeback like they were going mad but like the, the, it's just wild now especially if you watch 2019 WWE seeing a WWE crowd lose their minds this much for a comeback but that was how good baby face Eddie Guerrero was yeah no but if this and comeback this comeback is... and to his credit as well like because obviously we're here to praise Eddie Guerrero but like the com- the the reaction wouldn't have been as good was JBL like, were, were JBL not as despicable and diabolical yeah. as he was as well no Eddie was an unbelievable baby, sympathetic baby face but like he needed that like just despicable heel yeah. yeah and that's the thing like Eddie made that JBL character yeah with that feud he made him credible yeah made him credible like that's what he's the long, one of the longest reigning champions of that era like if not the like the longest one not called Triple H yeah of that era and he makes this comeback and again like with that blood loss how he is able to do some of these spots without passing out I will I will never understand and still doing them with the characteristic Eddie swagger as yes. well when he starts firing up I was losing my mind yeah. and he goes up he's like, doing the comeback he is he's he, he's firing these punches off and punches and punches and punches yeah. and then he just does the sw- the, the, the little strut you know, the, the, the little yeah. Eddie shimmy yeah, like yeah yeah I'm just, we were watching it here in the apartment we're staying in here in the Oberhaus and I was very late at night. I yeah, had to yeah. say as well. Oh, it gave you a new lease on life, didn't I it? I was very, very tired at this point and <laughs> I was losing my mind at, what, what was it, three? Half three in the morning? Half three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I was losing crazy. my mind at this comeback I was. He was going, oh, he was going absolutely mad and then like he, the he, receipt comes. Yeah, well, um, JBL goes out and gets the belt yeah. to hit Eddie with the belt. Yeah. This is after the ref got bumped yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so he, Eddie wails him with the belt. Yeah. But the referee gets up. Eddie hit him on the top yes. of the head. Like he didn't, you know, the usual belt shot is he going to do the glance and blow across yeah. the face. Eddie walked over and, and just, just hit him under, him. like on the crown of the yes. skull. I fucking, I roared laughing at that. The ref gets back up. And he doesn't give a shit anymore. And he just, yeah, just he like, kicks him in the balls. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't give a fuck. And the crowd cheer louder when he kicks him in the balls. I like I've been in the the crowd for um, a lot of disqualifications. Yeah, and almost one hundred percent of the time, the crowd turn on it. Yeah, they hate a disqualification finish, yes. and rightfully so. Mm. I've never seen a crowd pop for a DQ finish yeah, before, yes. but they're just like, this isn't going to stop the fight. And that's when you went to town on them. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, when yes. Then he opened up on Yes. Them. The receipt for the chair shot yes. was fucking like, look, I'm not, I, I don't advocate um, unprotected chair shots at all. But what I will say is, fair play to John Bradshaw Layfield, because he knew he was owed a receipt. Yeah. And when Eddie swung that chair, he leaned in. He's just like, "Look, I got you good. <laughs> yeah. you, you get me good. We're all we're all cool." Yeah, here. He took a look at Chan. He fucking <laughs> wellied him. Like I don't know. Like obviously the Eddie chair shot and with the blood afterwards is very famous. But I don't know how more people don't talk about that chair shot. Jeff Bradshaw took like, and then he hit him again. Yeah, <laughs> again, wellied him again, and then he melted him. Yeah. And he started punching him in the face. <laughs> and then, like, JPL, in spite of the fact that, like, Eddie has lost almost an entire human being's worth of blood, they have to help JPL out. No, but he hit this, the frog splash. Oh, he hit the frog splash, <laughs> and he does the shimmy. Yeah. Fucking covered head to toe in blood. Does the shimmy. Does the frog splash. The referees, then, they come, they help him out. 
And then he chases him back. He's like, he's losing it. Losing our minds again. Yes. It was so good. And then he goes back to the ring where his belt is still there. And, and he starts celebrating. He just picks the belt up and says, this is mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd absolutely ate it up. It was, it was like, I think this was the kind of, this was the surprise package of the, the match list, I, yeah. I think, because I, I knew the match was good. I remember being good. I remember the feud being good. I remember I was really kind of ironically into JBL at the time, mm. like, because he was a fabulous heel, but not a great wrestler. There's some other good spots in this match that we didn't quite, that we kind of skipped over. Like, I loved... Uh, Bradshaw has the clothesline from hell at one point and in spite of only making contact with Eddie's body for about half a second of that clothesline from hell he was immediately covered in like a Jackson yes. Pollock worth of yes. blood like he absolutely caked himself in blood uh, it, an unreal match um, Lee did it, did it live up to what you remembered or did it exceed expectations because I think it exceeded expectations for us oh uh, yeah like the, the blood was just yeah, it almost exceeded the memory of it because yeah. it was so much. But it, <laughs> was, it was that thing where like we didn't quite remember, so we thought, oh no, it must be the Texas bull rope. It must be the Texas bull rope was the bloody one. And then as soon as you watch this, oh no, this is the bloody yeah. one. <laughs> um, but it was the babyface fire. That, oh, that yes. was that's the part that really blew me away. Yeah, that just that idea of like we said his fire was such that the crowd actually didn't mind the DQ finish because it meant he no, could beat the fuck out of him some more yeah <laughs> like, this had to continue and like I, like, I know we were, we were watching it what 3 o'clock this morning yeah yeah and I almost wanted to watch the next match just because <laughs> yeah 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 it was so great like oh, it was absolutely excellent and it was just like Ah, oh, God, I loved it so much. Yeah, even thinking about it now, like, we're all sitting yeah, there. Oh, we're all going on. God, yeah, yeah. I think it helped as well, because we, uh, the first day we were here for wrestling, it wasn't that great a day. No. Yeah, and I mean, then, this, this is in, in overhead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it wasn't that great a day. Yeah. Second day, we had a brilliant day yeah. with the wrestling, and then we, had, we were back, we had a good time with people as well yeah. after the show. Yeah. And then we came back to our apartment for staying, and then we watched this, and it was just like... It was the perfect end to the Yeah, it was just yeah. the perfect end as well. It was, it was great. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, our final match on the list, hard to believe we're already here at the end. Uh, this was a this was your choice, Johnny. Wasn't yes, it? yes. This is uh, SmackDown, twenty third of June, two thousand and five. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Now, obviously, speaking of men that Eddie's career was intertwined with, Rey yes. Mysterio. We obviously had the famous Halloween Havoc match. Yeah, I don't um, think we picked that because that'd be the it's really too obvious. Too obvious. Yeah, it's too it's obvious. obvious. It is the match. Yeah. Um, but of the rest of them. Mm. What drew you to this one? Well, they for one, they they wrestled a lot in yeah. this year. They did, yes. yeah, yeah. I think um, for this one year alone, there's like at least three, maybe four notable ones yeah. we could have gone for. Yeah, there's a SummerSlam match as well. I think the yeah. WrestleMania one was WrestleMania, the, only, yeah. the only disappointing. The, the, yeah, and it wasn't bad. The, the like, Dominic on a pole match in SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah, I think the WrestleMania one's the one famous for Ray's Ray mask. mask. Yeah, yeah. kept coming yeah. off. But uh, I, I, I really have I have really good memories of this match. So. It wasn't the, the work is is very good in the match. Yeah, but it's Eddie's character work throughout yeah. the match as because well. This is uh, particularly like two thousand and five. It's obviously not that long before he dies. No, it's not even and close. and yeah. truly by this period, like we've all heard the stories about how Eddie had a lot of frustration and depression about how he knew his body was failing him. Yeah. You know, um, and he couldn't do the things he wanted as well as he could, or as or as for as long as he could. He was getting blown up. Um, so during this period it's less about his athletic performance as I said more about that character stuff yeah. and I, I loved this little heel run uh, before his death like because one it's a different element of his character coming out and I think he did such a great job of this slowly losing his mind yes. over this period. It was a different type of heel than he'd ever been before as well. Yes. Like he had that classic WCW heel like being yeah. a prick to Chavo and yeah. Yeah. all that kind of great stuff but it was this like on his entrance he was a like psychopath John, John was his lip, the, his lip was, like yeah. the camera zooms in and his yeah. lip is quivering yeah. like look right so I, I this is not uh, to disrespect the man because I really enjoy him um, but like he does mean dissociated psychopath in a way Tommaso Ciampa wishes he could oh, God, do you know what I mean like I like Tommaso Ciampa I think he can be very menacing and stuff like that mm -hmm. but like even in this match Eddie Guerrero's dead-eyed walk to the ring mm -hmm. 
in this like and that's something I remember from this period is just the look on his face when he would walk to the ring yeah. you know what I mean like does that obviously famous uh, the, the one night stand match with Benoit if you got in that fucker's way on the way to the ring you were going to fucking eat a he was disgusted to be in this shit hall <laughs> yeah, he was scumbags yeah, yeah. Yeah. like let me just beat the fuck out of this guy and <laughs> get the hell out of here yeah. <laughs> the one thing I really noticed on the entrance like apart from the qu- the lip is his eyes like his eyes were sunken into the back of his head yeah the head was low the eyes were just dead straight ahead yeah. and it's just there was no one else in this mm-hmm. building except Ray Mm. It, was, it was just it's brilliant and and like you said throughout this the work is good yeah they, they actually start the match like, cleanly there's no like, mm. cheap shots or anything like that I think, I think Holland has mentioned that as well yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. a surprisingly huge contest trying to wrestle yeah, and, at the start and, of the match and, and that plays into the, the, the kind of story of this period is that what drove Eddie crazy was that no matter what he did Ray was out wrestling yeah, and he couldn't beat Ray yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just became this thing. I think wasn't him. it? He, Ray had beaten him again after WrestleMania on yeah. SmackDown, and Eddie snapped and gave him the brain bust on the stairs. I think it was, yeah, wasn't they, it? they show it in the yeah, video yeah. match for us, yeah. Um, but it's this like, like you say, starting out the match, tr- still trying to prove he can out wrestle him. Yeah, yeah. And it's the frustration builds and yeah. builds throughout the match. Yeah. Until eventually he um, snaps halfway through. He snaps halfway through. Yeah. And he just got it's outside the ring, isn't it? He, yeah, he um, smashes him off the announce table. Yes. And then the steps. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah. Um and it's just from that moment on he's like this in totally insane killer like mm. Yeah. Yeah, he just goes after him. Um yeah, like it's 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 safe to say like it's not the the quintessential Ray and Eddie match, but in terms of like the character work, the facials, as we said before, yeah. it's just it's an absolute barn burner for that. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's worth watching. It's worth dipping back on that whole feud, actually. Oh yeah, sure, sure definitely. Yeah, um, and th- this was the period like that we were saying to start where we wish we had it got a bit longer. Like you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's even the, at the end like Ray obviously wins the match and then. It, uh, as they're going off the air SmackDown, they, they just close up on his face. And uh, just the lip going again. And he the, gets the, a demonic smile. Yeah, yeah, a little smirk on his face. Yeah. And you get the impression this is a guy that's just snapped. Yeah, he's yeah. he's, fully, gone. he's gone. fully gone at this point. Yeah, yeah. 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 Look, there's not much else we can say about the Krieger Rudy Guerrero. Like an absolute, like, no. first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. One of the absolute greats in our lifetime. An absolute privilege mm-hmm. to have had him for as much of our lifetime as we did. And a shame on a number of levels that we don't anymore um, and from a Days of Thunder standpoint we're lucky that we're going to have him for another year I know this is it like really looking forward to getting into more of his stuff and probably uncovering some more of his hopefully some matches yeah, yeah. Um, but look Johnny thanks a million for yeah. being on, on the first edition of Pick Your Poison yeah thanks for very much for having me on I, was on mine. I think it was a great conversation I, 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 I'm glad with how this mm-hmm, yeah. concept that we had has, has panned out I very much enjoyed it I wasn't expecting much because we don't have a lot of energy no <laughs> like, we, we were we were half dead coming back to this apartment and it's just brought us back again yeah. brought us back to life but uh, look I uh, don't know when the next one of these will probably drop so you'll just get one of these as periodic surprises coming in so uh, for you have got a couple of people that have said it's a great concept and yeah well you know look if you're you're a friend of the show or mm-hmm. whatever if you have an interesting idea for one of these do drop us a line and mm-hmm. we, we'll get round to watching some wrestling with you at some point um, Johnny do you have anything to, to plug Twitter or anything like that at Bo's Johnny B-O-H-S J-O-H-N-M-Y so, some great content on there and there's well a, there, there's, <laughs> there, there's a man some gifts now and again there's a man to send you to all the the electricity league and lucha content you could possibly want well, <laughs> one of those things is good <laughs> it's the lucha and obviously for us uh, at WCW Thunderpod uh, at the day to day for me at Malone underscore 713 for Lee I, tell you, I have it all off now because I keep losing the Google Doc where I have it written down so I've had to memorise all this shite you're still unprofessional yeah uh, thanks mate thanks appreciate that <laughs> anyway you can tune in next time <laughs> for Days of Thunder pick your poison uh, we'll, we'll we talk to you soon yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave that one to Alan. Right. <laughs> See you all later. Bye bye.